saying that the, the Lord can use it for good. And all three of us had this negative experience in our life, and the Lord has used it for good to change our views on that and show, opening our eyes to the, the purpose of marriage um, and His desire for it. Um, and so, yeah, he's, able to, he's been able to use that bad thing for good in our lives and the, the, the future of our children and hopefully grandchildren and, and the children after that. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. huge because I think, we, I've talked about it recently, but Kelly, you, we did one podcast about it where your, your dad passed away recently and you know he was very clear with you guys of pointing you to christ you know and then you guys doing that the same thing with your kids and and your brother paul and his kids where all their grandkids are believers and it's like there's nothing much cooler than that Mm. you know who cares about passing money or passing whatever but Mm. having a Mm. legacy of believers and you know and you Mm. see families that there is divorce and like, like I was saying of the, the guy that I know where they're afraid then and they don't do it and they don't have kids or they do, but it's, you know, or you can take that and go, I'm going to, I'm going to try and turn this around and, and start using this for good and creating my own legacy. And there's only so much you, you know, can do, but just continually trusting the Lord. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. I'm with three alumni today. We're sitting in Charlie McCall, the director's office, because we're on break and nobody's around, so we chose this office to record in. And I had to turn the air condition off because it was making too much wind. So we've got some very uh, uh, dedicated and kind <coughs> alumni sitting here with me, willing to sit in non-air condition and uh, in, in summertime in Texas. And one of them's pregnant. So she, we're we're very impressed and thankful for her doing this. Anyway, uh, I'd like for these people to introduce themselves to you. So we want to just tell them your name and what year you were an alumni. Yeah, uh, I'm Keaton Petty, and I was a student here at His Hill from 2017 to 2018. I'm Tylan Postma, and I was a student in 2012 to 2013. My name is Rain Mansman. I was a student from 2017 to 2019. Okay, great. And each of you have an interesting story, too, with your history with the Hill. Um, Keaton, you were a camper. Yeah, yeah. for like 12 years yeah. or something. And, uh, and then you actually, for your first year, you went to Timberline and then came here. Yes, sir. Uh, if any of you are uh, kind of wondering if you've heard Keaton before, he was part of the podcast, one of the earlier episodes, he and his wife, Courtney, uh, both gave their testimonies. And then Tylan, full disclosure, Tylan is my son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, and he was, uh, you, you had a brother who had come here before you. Yeah, a couple of years before me. Yeah. And you had to, um, uh, well, you had to come here. He didn't give you a choice. Not really. He said, if I, if I don't go to the hill, I'm wasting my money. That's what he <laughs> told me as far as going to Bible school. So I was like, all right, <laughs> there you go. All right. And, uh, and then he, uh, Tylan married our youngest daughter, Madeline. Uh, they were students together. And then, Rain, you actually are kind of a generational type. Uh, Third generation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your grandparents were on staff here. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you, you want to tell everybody who they were? Well, they came as students, students yeah. I think, in their 40s. They were 40. They came to know the Lord and came a few years after that. And then they had two middle school boys um, and stayed on staff for few years and then my dad came as a student after school right yeah and you're and you and just so alumni know who your grandparents are that 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 is wayne and dolores 
Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. 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 They were, they were, uh, we were, I, I was in their home group and we yeah. didn't have discipleship groups back then, but we had home groups and I was in theirs. Yeah. Really a precious, precious couple. Um, okay. So what we're going to do in this episode is, uh, the, our, our three guests here all have something in common. They're all, uh, children from, uh, divorced families. And uh, we wanted to just sit down, really no agenda with this. I have no idea really what they're going to talk about to, to any large extent. I know a little bit. But um, we, we just want to talk about what they've gone through in this, what the Lord's worked in their hearts. And we just want to encourage people toward the fact that God is sovereign, that he shows his sovereignty through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the head of all rule and authority. And we can find our peace and our rest with him. Um, I doubt it, but you might be able to hear interesting noises while we're talking. We have windows open trying to keep it cool in here. And we have a plane flying overhead right now. So bear with us as we uh, as we go into this conversation. Okay, well, um, thank you guys for being willing to talk about this. We want to say up front that, uh, that this in no way... Uh, is to with the intent of of hurting anybody uh, that you love your parents you still have a relationship with your parents and uh, and you and you respect your parents uh, so this is not in any way to uh, you know an opportunity for you to you know to be able to get back at them in any way so we want they're all nodding their heads at me so we don't we want to make sure that we, we we've we have verbalized that. But, um, you know, guys, um, you know, divorce is something that is really has become quite common uh, within the church and uh, even to the point to where it's become uh, acceptable. And, you know, it, so we don't really think about these things that much anymore, it seems like. Uh, but I'm sure you yeah, okay, already getting some nods and smiles that, that, that you have done a lot of thinking about it. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to share just what the Lord has done in your hearts with this. So why don't we just start with um, uh, just one question. Uh, what were, do you remember, uh, well, not, also divorce happened at different ages uh, for you guys, but do you remember any of your thoughts during that time? What was going on in your mind as it was happening, as the relationship between your parents was beginning to fall apart, and then when it did end, you know, what, what were some of your thoughts? Anybody? Yeah, I'm not too sure about Tyler and Rain, but um, I never actually saw my parents' marriage falling apart. Uh, it was kind of an odd uh, scenario. I'd never seen my parents fight or argue, or at least not that I can remember uh, ever seeing them fight or argue. Um, but it was just one day uh, my sister and I were taken out of school um, and they took us to a, a restaurant here in Comfort and told us that, uh, you know, they were getting a divorce. And so my world was just shocked. Like it was turned upside down uh, that, that day because I'd never seen it coming. Uh, and so that was, I don't know if I have, if I can remember any of the thoughts because it, it wasn't something I ever thought would happen. Um, it was just kind of blindsiding. It, it blindsided me. Okay. Uh, and you told me once that immediately after that conversation, you were brought home, packed your bags. and Yeah, they had already kind of cleaned out the house where my mom had taken all her things out. Um, and so I kind of just went 
I remember like it was yesterday, I went up and I think I got my pillow um, and a couple other little things and we went to my mom's house and yeah, that was like, I didn't realize going into that day that that was the last time I'd ever stay in a house that both my mom and dad were in. Mm. Um, How old were you? I was like 10 years old. I was in fifth grade or so. Tylen, how old were you? I was five um, when my parents split up and it was evident that the relationship wasn't great. Um, I obviously I was five. I don't remember much, but that those are kind of my first memories. Um, I was there when they kind of had their final fight. And so some of the fights I had, I remember those. Um, but they, it was just evident that it wasn't good. My dad at that point had a bad temper. My mom was probably a bit of an instigator. You know, I was five, so I don't totally remember, but, um, and so I think I wasn't really surprised. I was honestly kind of scared of my dad at the time. So, um, yeah, it just really didn't, didn't come as a huge shock to me, but I don't even remember them telling us. I don't even remember anything like that. I just kind of remembered the, the big last fight and, and I was the only child there. And so I just remember at that point, I, I knew that this wasn't going to continue on. And then my, uh, my dad got divorced again when I was 10 or 11, I think. And that when I was older and again, I, I wasn't really like necessarily shocked, um, at that point, um, my dad still had a temper and my stepmom was an unbeliever. And so it just wasn't really a good combo. That one was very different in the sense of, I just remember my mom, it was during the summer. I think it was the summer and my mom picked me up from a friend's house and she said, your, your stepmom left and my dad was on a fishing trip and she had just come and cleaned out the whole house. Um, and the only reason we even knew was cause my grandpa happened to be walking by and saw all the moving trucks there mm. and, uh, she had just taken everything or mm. 90% of it. Okay. And, and you have two older siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, an older sister who's, oh boy, I don't know five or six years older than me (laughs) and a brother who's two and a half years older than me. So I'm sure their experiences are a lot different than mine. Even when I was, you know, I was five pretty young where my siblings were quite a bit older at that point. Okay. And Keaton, you have a sister too. A younger sister. She is 20. Okay. How old was she when your parents divorced? Um, She probably would have been around six or so. Okay. Uh, All right. And Rain, what, how about you? How old were you? I was 13, 12, 12, when my parents separated and then they ended up getting back together and they officially got divorced when I was 15. Um, and I, truthfully, I didn't know the Lord at all before coming to the hill. And at the time, it wasn't a good home situation I was in full support of my parents divorce okay um I it wasn't it wasn't just like safe place to be I guess like there was nothing there's no security in the home and so um when they separated I moved in with my mom and stayed with my mom full-time and not that there's much security in that, but it felt a bit more secure. And so I wasn't on board with them getting back together and trying to mm. make their marriage work. Um, and then I was in full support of the divorce when they actually got divorced. Okay. So. All right. And you, you have a sibling. 
Yes, I have a younger sister. She's about two years younger than I am. Okay. Um, ha- with you guys, okay, uh, Rain, uh, you know, was not a believer. She was in support of this. Um, it was uh, a different situation for you once they had split. Uh, there was a little bit more stability and not not what had been going on all the time. Um, for you guys, what about you? Was there more stability, less stability after this? Um, for me, I don't know. It was hard. Like I went when I was five and up and, you know, we were full time with my mom. And then it was like every, every Thursday and every other weekend or something like that. And to be honest with you, when I, when it first happened, I know I didn't go to my dad's that often. Cause I, I was scared. I was fearful. Um, and so I, I, just, I didn't want to, I was, I'm five years old, you know, I was Did your siblings scared. go? I think, okay. yeah, my brother more so than, than the rest of us. My mom was also a lot more lenient with rules and everything like that, just until now. So, <laughs> you know, that was always kind of, um, when you're, you know, when you're whatever, 10 and you've got a choice between a parent that's going to be, you know, let you kind of do what you want or a parent that's going to be more firm with you you're going to choose the one that was more lenient. You know, my brother, I don't know why, but he more so was geared to go towards my dad. So he was there a lot more often, um, which had a little more structure in the sense of like discipline and things like that. Um, But I don't, it's just a, I mean, when your parents get divorced, it's just a weird situation. Like I was five and then my mom was dating somebody, you know, and my dad would be dating somebody. And it's just, it's just a messy situation. I was, I don't, at that point, I don't know if I was saved or not when I was that little, but like, I knew it was wrong. Like I knew this was not normal or natural. So I guess like it, yeah, some, some, like it maybe felt more structured um, and it's kind of safer, but at the same time it wasn't because you, you just could see these things and knew this wasn't right. Um, what was going on, if that makes sense. Okay. And for me, I was still fairly young, not as young as Thailand, but I was I didn't have any uh, thoughts formed on, on what was good and, and what was bad in, in relationship with divorce. It was just that was, that was the new normal. And I had had some friends already who had uh, had divorced parents and my best friend, uh, his parents would get divorced two years later. And so it was just what was normal for me and my friend group and the people who we were uh, associating with. Um, and my uh, parents' uh, divorce is a little bit odd. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit different than, than most divorces where they still remain really good friends. They like so much so that they would ride uh, with each other to my baseball games or um, whatever events we were going to. We would all still carpool together. Birthday parties were still done together. Christmas was done together. Thanksgiving was done together. It was still like we were a family, but we lived in different households and we would switch. Like I would stay with my mom until Wednesday. Then I'd go to my dad's house and I would stay with him until the next Wednesday. And so I was still seeing them fairly often. And then even a couple years after that, they moved like within 15 feet of one another. And mm. so I was seeing both my parents on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. Um, how my parents. <laughs> Tyler and I just looked yeah. at each other. <laughs> like my parents haven't talked in 20 years. So that's a very yeah. foreign. Uh, and so, yeah, my, I don't want to say it was a, a good scenario because I don't believe that divorce is ever a good scenario, but if there were to be a divorce, I think I had it 
it pretty good um, in my case because I still never saw my parents fight. Uh, my mom was still very gracious uh, to my father um, in allowing him to uh, live the way that he did because he had kind of lost his job uh, he, due to some physical uh, ailments whenever we were a bit younger. And so she, like, my mom owned this apartment complex place, um, and she allowed him to stay there basically without paying rent, um, no, like, electrical or anything. And so she was really kind to him, never held it against him. And even um, finally, whenever she sold that building, uh, she had calculated, like, how much he would have been paying her in rent over all those years and electricity and water and stuff. And whenever she got the the money after she had paid off the debt that was on there, she actually gave him uh, quite a bit of money to go and find a new place to live really? um, so that he could continue to kind of provide for me and my sister. And so it was a very odd uh, mm. uh, situation that my sister and I were in. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, all those years, uh, I didn't really have a, a, a firm belief on whether divorce was good or bad because mine was pretty good. It, it benefited me in, in a way. Um, I didn't have any hard feelings against it. Uh, and that at that point I hadn't realized yet. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. And I'll just say Keaton talking just reminded me like when my parents got divorced, it was 99. So it was like I was young, but it was also a long time ago where it was very uncommon. Like I didn't know anybody that was divorced. We were, you know, I went to a private Christian school and I knew that like we were that family, like other people knew it. And, and in the same regard, I knew that people were praying for us because they knew that, our family had gone through that, you know? Um, but I didn't really have formed opinions either. It just, I didn't know anybody that had even done it. So it was just kind of like, just weird, you know, it was just like, why, why is my house like this? Yeah. And and you come from part of what's the Bible belt of Canada that that it's very densely populated with evangelicals. Yeah. And unfortunately it's now it's very common. Yeah. Even within the Bible belt, you know, even by the time I was like five, or 10 or 15, you know, it was way more common. Like mm. nobody, but when it first happened, I was, you know, in kindergarten, nobody, that was not the case for anybody. So, uh, something that Tyler, you brought up a little bit and, uh, I, I saw a little bit of reaction from rain. I think it was, was the, uh, what was it like for all you guys when your parents started dating someone else? It was, I mean, shortly after, they got divorced. Um, I moved in with my mom and I really didn't see my dad for six months um, and didn't talk to him at all. And I lived with my mom full time and she had dated quite a few different people, which I wasn't on board with either right like I was in support of the divorce but they needed to stay single because I didn't want to deal with all the different people Um, what what do divorce what do children of divorced families have to deal with when I I, I don't understand what what is it that you have to deal with when your mom or your dad's dating someone else my mom definitely brought them into our lives um and so they were around the house they were there for dinners you know they Mm. were very present which was hard and weird um and i don't think either me or my sister were comfortable with that um and they weren't 
they weren't always kind to us. You know, it mm. was it just wasn't a good. Um, yeah, it wasn't a good atmosphere situation. Yeah, okay. I think that was harder. Okay, All right. I think for me it was like even though these things were going on, I was I was just a kid and I kind of was just like living life. Like I, I, you know, I think it affected me more than I probably knew at the time, but I don't remember like sitting down going, why is this happening to me? Or, you know, these kind of things just with the, with the whole situation with my parents getting divorced and even them dating and stuff like that. But like looking back now, I'm like, oh gosh, that was not a good situation. I think neither of my parents were really walking with the Lord. Both of them were dating unbelievers. Um, you know, my mom dated a guy for years. Nice guy. Um, but I, you know, it, it just wasn't good. And same thing. He was around. Um, he was never trying to like be my dad or anything like that. But yeah, just being around, he would stay over. He'd be there for dinners, you know, and just kind of like, I don't know. You just kind of know that it's not right or not normal. Whether you even sit there and think about it and go, this isn't right. You just, it's, you just know it's not right um, and not, not good. Okay. Yeah, and I think my case is a little bit different than theirs as well as my divorce or my parents' divorce seems to be a little bit different. But I never really saw my parents date after either. And if they did, it was very discreet. Uh, I never saw another man come in and, and have dinner with us when I was with my mom. And there was never another woman who came in and had dinner with us when I was with my dad. Um, and it wasn't until um, I had actually got to, to Columbia by or CIU, um, that my mom started openly like dating and sharing, uh, her relationship with me and my sister or with this man, with me and my sister. And at that point I had some pretty hard uh, views on belief and I was very, very against it. And my mother knew that. And, um, so that, that's where it got to be a little bit more difficult for me is, uh, not allowing myself to pin my beliefs, uh, of, divorce on my mother um but still just supporting her because she is my mom and, and luckily this guy is a is a believer um and he's treated my sister and i very well he's treated my mom well um and i think yeah once i got to know the guy it, it changed uh, how i viewed it a, a little bit more maybe if that makes sense okay yeah uh for you guys that were younger when this happened would you say that it was and, and don't let me you know, put thoughts in your head or anything. Just tell me if I'm off. Um, did does it affect um, the security of of your of your home of your relationship with your your parents? I'm sure. Like again, I can't. Like I don't really remember sitting and thinking that necessarily, or and maybe I've just blocked it out of my mind. I don't know, but I I like. I don't think it made you feel more secure. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. It's just kind of like, it's not natural. And so I think having a father and a mother in the home and them having a good relationship, you know, you, I'm just certain you'd feel more secure than, than having just one parent or having, you know. Okay. Yeah. Rain, any thoughts there? I mean, before, before they got divorced, I didn't want to really be at home. I like always tried to go out and stay with friends, you know, just tried to be away. Yeah. Um, and after they got divorced, once, you know, my mom was dating and I was older, I definitely, definitely didn't want to be at home. You know, mm -hmm. I, I 
did my best to work every single day of the week and Mm. (laughs) go out on the days that I, you know, couldn't work and I babysat as much as I could. You know, I I did my best to not be at home and come home later in the evening when, you know, it was, I was able to just go to bed and, you know, I didn't, yeah, it didn't feel comfortable. Okay. Um, What are things that you find now that you're older that you're having to, if anything, that you're having to deal with from the fact that your parents have divorced? Yeah, for me, I know um, it it didn't hit me right whenever my my parents got divorced. I didn't really realize how it impacted me then. I think I'm pretty similar to Thailand. I didn't know the effects that it would have on me right then. It wasn't until I started dating Courtney and then I realized that I had some serious trust issues uh, okay. because of that. Like like I said earlier, I, I never saw my parents fight or, or argue or, or anything. So I thought the first time that Courtney and I got into a fight or an argument that the relationship was just going to be over. It, it was mm. going to be done. Um, and so that was something that, that took us a while to, to wrestle through. Um, it's just me coming to an understanding that uh, my, my parents' relationship wasn't my own. Their, their falling out, their, their, their failings wasn't the case for all relationships, but it was the only relationship that I'd ever known or seen really. And so that really, it affected us for quite uh, probably, uh, I don't want to say a year, but quite a bit of our first little bit of of dating. Uh, It was just me worrying about if I did something wrong, if I did something, something bad or or something, she was just going to, you know, throw me into the dust and, and move on. Um, And so, okay. Um, I would say for me, it's kind of different. I, I think I was very, I become very like, I was going to do the complete opposite. So in my mind, then, you know, them getting divorced and them having that relationship, that was not going to be an option. Like, um, and that was even before I knew the Lord and really had a relationship with him from, even from when I was young, even though I saw my parents do that, I can remember being, I don't know eight, 10, and just being like, I want to get married one day. I want to have a family. I want to provide a, like a great place for kids and to help them grow. I like to think I turned out okay. Um, and I think a lot of that was, you know, prayer from other people. And I think my parents did the best they can, but I think if they were honest, they would know that there was years when they were not walking with the Lord and that it was not good. And if I think back on those times and I'm like, I wouldn't want that for any kid in the moment, it was just life. And that's just, you, you're just a kid. You just live in life. Like that's how it is. And looking back, I wouldn't want that for any child. And so if anything, it strengthened my convictions on divorce, especially as I grew closer to the Lord. Um, it, it, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't really make me fearful and my situation being different. Like it was clear that the relationship between my parents was not good. Like it was not, it was very obvious. So I, I didn't, I didn't have that trust issue um like keaton was talking about yeah. and tyler remind me uh if like going through what my my parents divorced when courtney and i started dating and, and got more serious and started talking about marriage and things we the first thing one of the first things we talked about was saying that you know divorce will never be an option that's even on the table um, because like tyler said we would never want to put our children through that um and so yeah i have very strong convictions on it um but yeah, it was just something that, from my experience, I would never want to put anybody through that, especially someone who I'm going to be so close with. And so, yeah, it's not even uh, an option, as I said. Yeah. Okay. And another effect that I would say has um, on me now is just that, like, my parents still don't talk. And it's they divorced when I was five. I'm 28. So that whole aspect of 
like they never talked. So if anything was going to be said, it was through us or it was relaying information or it was all those kind of things. And then with that, um, anybody that's been divorced knows like Christmas is difficult. You're going all over the place. And then my, my grandparents were divorced on top of that. So then going to their different homes and then getting married, having Madeline come into that where your family there, there really isn't any divorce on either side. Um, and so it's very foreign instead of just having Christmas all together the day before. And, you know, you're traveling all over the place and you have to be, um, you know, they, they can't be in the same room. So it just makes things difficult, even with getting engaged and having a party and things like that, that just, they're just not, again, not normal um, things that you shouldn't have to deal with, let alone Madeline who hadn't grown up with that at all. For me, it was at least like somewhat normal, or at least I was used to going to 10 different homes over, you know, five days for Christmas where, she had never experienced that um, and kind of having to navigate that. Okay. Rain? Well, I came to know the Lord in my first year of Bible school. And that first year was a lot of, I guess, figuring out what is it that the Lord says and what do I have to, I guess, put away from my previous life, right? Like what, it was a lot of realizing like all of these things that I believed for so many years were completely wrong and divorce was a big one. And I spent a lot of time, you know, in the word and I had still up until that point, like I was still like, yeah, like it was good that they got divorced, right? I was still in support of it, I guess. And um, throughout the year I had to, really study the word and come to the conclusion that it's wrong and it is not the way that the Lord designed. And um, I was very open with my parents about that mm. um, when I was figuring all of that out and probably too open, right? Like I, mm. I made it very clear to them that I didn't think it was good that they got divorced and that I didn't think that it was biblical for them to get remarried and they were dating people at the time you know and so that kind of was another difficult like hurdle to get through with my parents and figuring out like the relationship that you know I now have these I have a relationship with the Lord and I have a different standard to live by and desiring your parents to live by that as well to like have that relationship with the Lord and um, for them to know like how good it is when you can I don't know when you are walking with him and yeah I guess finding a balance between that and mm -hmm. respecting your parents because they're still your parents and right. <laughs> all of that well that's that, that's an interesting place to go with this like you, you know all of you are in agreement that you know divorce is is not good according to scripture you have issues according to scripture you've all made these statements uh thailand we've had other talks that you know re remarriage is not biblical either so in all three of your cases how do you you know how do you deal with your parents in this We've been talking a lot about your parents and their decisions. Now, what about your decisions now on this end? What? 
Yeah, that it, it's hard. It's hard. My dad was already remarried when I, you know, I thought divorce was wrong because I just thought it, it wasn't good for a family. You know, I thought parents, and I still think this way, suck it up and make it work. Go to the Lord. Hmm. You know, if, if you are angry with the other person, go to the Lord. If you're upset or, you know, go to the Lord. And I think most of the time we were talking about it before we started that, you know, one thing that's always bothered me is people would say, well, we're getting divorced for our kids. And it's like, no, you're not. They, they're just saying that to try and make themselves feel better. If they're honest, like they're, they're doing it out of selfishness because they are the person that they're married to doesn't help out enough or doesn't, they don't think they value them, which, which may be true, but that's go to the Lord. He, he is sufficient. And so, um, I don't even remember where I was going with that, but, oh, well, with, what, what Rain was saying, I could really identify like my dad was already remarried. And I remember now my convictions about remarriage. So I thought divorce was wrong, but now I know biblically it's wrong. After, you know, after coming to Bible school and remarriage is wrong. And I remember talking to my dad about it. And I think, you know, I was young and um, not that I'm real mature now, but I was a lot more immature. And so probably not probably being too vocal about it and saying that was wrong, you know, and, people would say, well, we think the Lord brought us together. And I'd say, I don't think so. Like, it, you know, where I was probably too open in that situation and too vocal about it, especially because they were married at that point. And so there was no point in me, you know, sticking my finger in, in their eye. And they were very gracious about it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they didn't, I remember, they didn't get mad at me. They didn't tell, you know, um, but I think it's kind of really seeking the Lord for wisdom because it's, especially with your parent, you even if they are in the wrong, you don't want to be disrespectful and you still want to honor them. Um, but how do you do that in still trying to show them truth and, and explain that um, with having them view it as well? Okay. Yeah, and that's what, like, it's hard enough to confront, like, a brother or sister in Christ when they're living in sin, right? And you mix, like, you are a child, this is your parent, and the Bible tells you to respect your parents and to, right? And how do you, like, lovingly express that you disagree with what they're doing while also, like, respecting them? And, I mean, I was older. I wasn't necessarily under their authority, per se, but they're still your parents. Like, you still need to respect your parents as you would respect, like, any other elder and you know it's just yeah I feel like it's a tricky so and it how, was how, how have you dealt with it immaturely <laughs> <laughs> after I mean while I was a student you're on that like spiritual mountaintop right, yeah, right. you're you're learning all this stuff and I was pumped about it like it was mm -hmm. a hard year and I stayed for a second year and it was a hard second year like it was the Lord changed a lot in my heart and it was, but at the same time, like there's so much freedom in knowing the Lord and finding, you know, all of the things that he says to be true. And, um, yeah, I was pumped about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think I took that to, seriously right like I think I I went to my parents and you know like I said like they were dating 
different people and I told them that I didn't agree with them dating and I didn't support them remarrying and you know I was very just like cut and dry about it and it was it was black and white for me at that point you know and um I didn't consider feelings I think okay. in it I mean they were both still torn up and they weren't walking with the Lord and they weren't, you know, they, mm. they were looking for answers and they were looking in the wrong places. And I didn't, I don't think I addressed it with like love and with pointing them towards the Lord. It was more like, look at the Bible. The Bible says this and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're going away from it. It wasn't like you need Jesus. Okay. It was. So I think since then, and really since like being married, I've found more, security in the Lord and in just like who I am and being able to um, live the Christian life, right? Like I've just, I have a better relationship with Christ and Mm -hmm. I'm able to Mm -hmm. see, like look back at where I was and I needed Christ. Like I didn't need someone telling me that what I was doing was wrong. Like I needed somebody to say that like you need Christ and here he is like, he's right here okay. and so yeah. yeah and i think i was in a very similar state with rain was in whenever i came to these convictions uh, of divorce and remarriage I, I made them very clear to my to my mother because i knew if any if either one of my parents was going to start dating and possibly get remarried again it'd, it'd be my mother okay. and so i made those beliefs known to her and i think it scared her uh, mm-hmm. because I, she was always open to uh, dating and, and remarrying again and whenever she finally did uh, she called me while I was in college and uh, she was just bawling, uh, mm. uh, telling mm. me about this because she knew that I would not approve of it. I wouldn't accept of it. And and I think a lot of that is my fault because whenever I, I made these convictions known to her, my, my speech wasn't seasoned with grace. Mm. Um, mm. It was very cut and dry. Uh, you do this and, and you're an awful human, not an awful human being, but like I'm never going to accept it. Um, so that's something that I've really had to, to work through is, not holding her to my convictions um, because she doesn't have the same convictions as I do. And so it's unfair for me to expect her to live by my standards of life. Um, and so that's something I've had to struggle through. Um, and I, I want to say I've gotten better with uh, getting to know the guy, um, but it's still been very, very difficult for me. And I think it my mom has been very gracious with me. The, the guy she's engaged to has been very gracious with me. Um, I don't remember exactly where I was going with that, but does that make sense? Yeah, kind it does. Yeah. And and I, for me, I'll just say quick. Yeah, like my ahead. dad was already married. My mom's never dated. She hasn't dated for years now. And so I've never really had to address that with my mom. And a part of that was probably out of fear of not wanting to address that of like, Hey, here are my thoughts. You know, when someone's not dating like Keaton said to be like, Hey, I don't think you should ever be remarried according to scripture. This is what it says. Um, you know, but I, I would say lately I've felt more and more maybe a, a need to have that conversation and let her know what my thoughts are. Um, cause I know she is open to it, but at the same time she's not looking for it. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know having gone through Bible school myself and then Bible college, like you Keaton, you know, when you're, in the word like that and you are you're learning these things much of it for the first time you know and 
you're you know, and, and you're in this atmosphere where everybody is going through the same thing. Uh, it's it's a very invigorating time, you know. Oh hell, it makes sense. This is truth. This is lie. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And then right out of Bible college, I was an associate pastor, and I remember having to deal with things in the in the church that well, I mean was way out there you know that was that that was no wiggle room this is unbiblical and i can remember having the thought well they didn't teach us how to deal with this you know mm-hmm. and and also being shocked like why would this be i mean look this is and really having to to go through that you know that, that same kind of a situation where well, how do i deal with this now and you know i i you don't want to you don't want to back off of truth and you don't want to to not take a stand in what is true and you know and, and you know in some cases we well, in some cases it's black and white this is what we do this is how we respond to something from scripture you know this is church discipline this is what we do and other things you know what do we do and you know i think you know you know what what you were saying rain is is something that we have to come back to is that I need, personally, I need to find my security in Christ. I need to be with him, trusting him by faith. And that's what I need to be encouraging others toward. Uh, you, you know, and, and that doesn't mean we don't talk about, you know, these disagreements. But we encourage people, you know, what we want to do with everything. We want to encourage them with, to, to look to Jesus. Be with him in this. Find your security with him in that. It's not, it's not, there's nothing about divorce that's, that's, um, that's, that's easy, is it? No. And like what you're saying, you come into Bible school all excited and pumped and fired up and not even just divorce, other issues. I can remember talking to people and I probably had no tack because you're just like, yeah, I want what's best for you. This is what the Bible says. Like you shouldn't do that, you know? And as you get older, hopefully you have a bit more tact, but it's not like it becomes easier when you're, you know. It, it's still a difficult situation. Like Keaton said, people have convictions that maybe aren't the same convictions as you. So how do you go about that? And then even with that, it's still your conviction. So now, you know, they decide to date somebody. Well, what do you, how do you proceed now? Um, and I think with all of it, it, it has, we need to be praying about it. You know, that we, you know, we don't, we need the Lord's wisdom in these things. And, and, and these are the very things that teach us that <laughs> I need the Lord's wisdom. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. I can't figure this out. Um, with regards to your parents, uh, would you say that your parents have been conscious or oblivious to how their divorce has affected you? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I don't think either one of my parents really recognized the effects that it would have on us in the moment. And uh, my dad, probably still doesn't. Um, we, I don't ever really talk about it with him. I don't know if I want to talk about it with him. But uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was on a, a podcast uh, earlier this year, I believe it was, and we had discussed this a little bit. And my mom actually ended up hearing that podcast. And that's when she came to the realization as, of how it had affected us. And in this relationship that she's in, um, based off of what it had done to me previously, she uh, came into this relationship with some different convictions and, and not allowing it. If she's going to be in this relationship, she's going to be in it for the long haul, mm. um, not just for the moment or for the, the current happiness, but 
Um, she wants to stay committed to this man so that or so that it, it can continue to provide uh, hopefully a good example for for my sister um, it, when she starts to date or if she I don't, if she dates um, <laughs> but uh yeah and so my mom definitely has come around to understanding that the effects that divorce can have um, on people uh, around them and so okay yeah. I'd say that looking back I think my dad fought for the relationship to last right and it was is my my dad was the reason that they got back together after they separated and were together for two years and um went to counseling you know tried to make it work Mm -hmm. and um it was more my mom that left right and that um decided that that was what was best and like Thailand was saying earlier like it was one of those you know this is best for the kids we're doing like I need to do this for my kids I need to protect my kids kind of thing and I think you know she would still say that she was protecting us and that she was doing what was best for us my dad recognizes more of the heartbreak around it all and he he blames that heartbreak on divorce whereas my mom will see the heartbreak and blame it on the relationship that they had and not on the divorce okay so Mm. yeah and i would say for me it's kind of it's very kind of awkward situation i would say where i think my mom views it as maybe my dad's fault a lot of the things that happened and the effects of it and, you know, not seeing her own fault in it, um, in different aspects of it, maybe not to the same degree or maybe to the same degree, but kind of more putting the, the blame there as you know, and, um, with my dad, you know, for a lot of years, his, I don't think he was really walking with the Lord and going through different relationships, but his focus was on church. Like I, I told you recently, Kelly, that was always important, even though we weren't, I wouldn't say we were like a real spiritual family, but like we, we were professing believers. We, but we, we had to go to church. Like that was always important. Um, and I see that as being a a benefit to me, Hmm. um, Hmm. now, but I would say that a lot of it is kind of, um, you know, I don't want to make it worse than it was because I was a kid, you know, and sometimes things seem maybe more extreme, but at the same time, they weren't good, you know, and, and I don't know to what degree my memories are right or wrong. Um, but I would say there was a lot of stuff that either way, even if it wasn't as severe as I envisioned it or remember it, it still wasn't good. And a lot of it has never been talked about, or if it has, it's been in a joking manner. Um, which, you know, this is kind of going off the track a bit, but I would say, and I don't know if you guys have this now, I was younger and I've talked to a few people about it. But like when I was a kid, it just kind of happens to you, you know, and you're, you're just kind of doing the next thing and you're going to your parents' house and, you, and you're a kid, you're just like playing in the yard and running around. I wasn't being abused or anything like that. Um, but I would say in the last probably year or two, I would say I think about my parents' divorce more. Um, and I don't, not that I'm like sitting around crying or really hurt by it, but it's just funny because I never thought about it when I was a kid. Like I just really didn't. And I would say, and I kind of come to the conclusion like for me if something happens to a child it's it's way worse 
You know, if something happens to somebody in general, like somebody gets hurt, you feel bad and it's a sad situation. But if it happens to somebody that was like a really good person, it's just that much worse. And so something happening to a child is just such a, you know, such a sad situation. They're just innocent. Like they didn't ask for any of it. And I would say in the last couple of years, I've, I guess I've kind of more view it, not even as me, but just as like a little kid, like this happening to a little kid, as opposed to it happening to myself. Um, and so I don't even know where I was going with that, but just kind of that aspect of it, I think, um, I think about more now. Mm. Um, and it affects me where I think my parents, um, to some degree have rose colored glasses or at least, and I understand it. They probably don't want to talk about it either. Like if, when I, if I've wronged somebody, I don't want to bring it up again and talk about having wronged them and having to go, you know what? I, I messed up and I, I can only imagine it's even harder with your child mm. um, because yeah, you probably feel guilty to some degree. And I, I have nothing against my parents. I've totally forgiven them. Mm. I love my parents. I think they're, you know, in a way better place than they ever were and walking with the Lord. And so I don't, not even a little bit, but um, yeah, just kind of, I don't know that either side has really looked at it um, in a correct way or maybe recognized what had taken place. And I'm not even saying I want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know that they have. Okay. So what would you guys say to someone that's going through this, like another, another child in a family, what would you say to them uh, and, and to encourage them as, as far as what they're having to go through? Um, you know, again, when you're a kid, you're just kind of doing life. Like, I wish I would have had the relationship I have with the Lord now and I could have gone to him. And I, and I, I think that's where you need to go because you're only going to find, um, you know, value there and peace there. I know for me, there was a number of people who, um, there was a family friend of ours, Rick, who kind of, he would just come over, take out for a movie. And I knew even as a kid, I knew they were intentionally doing this, mm. but it didn't matter to me. I, you know, he was trying to just point us to Christ and, and mm. love on us. Mm. And there was, there's one lady, I don't even know her name, but I knew that she was always praying for us. I remember going to this kind of like, I think it was called rainbows or something like that. It was at a church for like kids who had been through divorce and like there was nobody there. Nobody at that point was, but <laughs> I remember this lady and we were doing like crafts and I just remember her and I remember she was just so sweet and she had a heart for, you know, kid families that had gone through that. And I still, I would see her walking when I was in high school and I was like, I just knew that that lady had just continued to pray um, hmm. f- for me and for my siblings and our family. And I knew other people too, because especially then it was so, it was pretty rare. And so I knew there was um, a lot of people. And so that's encouraging, but um, just kind of going to the Lord and maybe trying to find um, some people that can minister to you and you can have a relationship with. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with what Tyler was saying, and I think we he said he had uh, the the guy um, who would take them out to the movies or stuff, take them out, uh, be an example for them. There was the the woman who was praying for him and his siblings. I think there our our words can only go so far. Our actions have to back that up as well. Um, we can't because I don't know if our words our words won't be able to change their family situation now. We can remind them to to be seeking the Lord in this. That, as we were saying, I think before the podcast started, that God is still sovereign; He is still on His throne in this. But how do we now become an example to them? How do we show them the salt and light of Christ in this? 
And I think our, our example might be able to go farther than our words in, in some scenarios. And like, uh, this might be an off-topic example, but I was talking, I'm a Bible teacher at a, a school in, in San Antonio, and one of the, the other teachers there uh, went to the school, and he said that more often than not, when he thinks about his Bible teachers that he had, whether he was in middle school or high school, he doesn't necessarily remember <coughs> the words that they say or the, the lessons that they taught in class but how those teachers interacted with them outside of the classroom. Right. How did they treat them as a person? Yeah. How did they show them that they actually cared for them? Um, and more often than not, it's their example that goes farther than the, the words that they said. And so, Tylan, you might not be able to remember the, the prayers that the lady was saying or the words that that guy had for you, but you remember his example, and that has made a lasting impact on you. You're five years old, and you're yeah. going on, you're in your later 20s now, and, and you're still able to remember what that guy did for you. Exactly. So for they're present in their lives and, and helping them along in this situation. I think that could go a lot farther than our words. Uh, not saying that our words are important. I'm just trying to piggyback off what Thailand said sure. that our actions have to be there as well. Okay. Yeah. Rain. Kind of going down a different road. I really hadn't seen up until coming to the Hill and really after I hadn't seen a good marriage. And or I hadn't seen a like, yeah, a healthy relationship. And it wasn't until after being at the hill that I got close to a couple people in the church, and they're now my like brother and sister in law. But <laughs> they, um, I got to kind of be in their home a lot, mm. <laughs> and I went for dinners and you know spent evenings with them and I got to be up close and personal with their their marriage and like just got to observe a healthy family and um <clears throat> even after going to the hill you know in my mind that wasn't realistic um I never saw I don't know. It was more like this is something that other people have, but it's not common. <laughs> um, and so I guess I'd, I'd tell someone that the hurt and the, the pain that they're going through is a result of sin. And it's not, it's not the Lord's design and that the Lord does have like a beautiful design for marriage and that that's something that they can, you know, experience that, that they can have a good marriage and that, um, with the Lord as the center of the marriage, like it's not, you're not doomed. Okay. <laughs> right. I think I considered all marriages as doomed and, mm. um, there are healthy marriages and there are, you know, when, like I said, like when the Lord is the center of your marriage, like you, it's completely different and there's hope in that. <laughs> okay. I find it interesting. Rain and I both, you know, come from families where that's the case. And now we both live about, I don't know, rain lives like 50 yards from her in-laws. We live about a hundred yards and we both are very close with our, yeah. um, with our families. And I know like what rain said, kind of viewing that as doomed and thinking about it, you know, there were some friends of mine that their parents had a good marriage and they, they're, they had, there was four siblings and they would have lunch every Sunday. They would always be at church and they would always have us over. Um, and so where, where rain didn't see that, I remember seeing that. And I remember wanting, you know, to have lunch on Sundays with family and be close with them. 
And, um, and so it's just interesting how the Lord works that. And I'm being reminded as well, there's um, uh, a guy who I spend time with, he's an unbeliever. And, you know, he asked why I wanted to get married. His parents got divorced and he, he couldn't believe that I wanted to get married after my parents had been divorced. And I was like, no, if anything, it made me want to more. Like I wanted to provide a great environment for my kids one day and, you know, have a great relationship and be able to, you know, I think a, a couple that is seeking the Lord together, like can have such a ministry to so many people around them that they don't even realize. And, and I, I said that to him, I was like, I want to, and you know, his response was the complete opposite. He's been dating someone, you know, for a long time, never wanted to get married because he was fearful of having kids. And, you know, I was, I was sharing this with Madeline. I think maybe you were there and Arlene and Arlene was like, that's, that's the Lord doing that. Whether you even realize it or not, it's mm-hmm. the Lord. And there might be things you have to work through and, you know, it's not like, but the Lord's still giving you that desire, not having that fear, but, um, you know, wanting even something more. Okay. Yeah. And. Yeah, you got to be with the Mansmans and see that good picture of a marriage and family, mm-hmm. and you got to be dealt with the, the Doherty's and my wife's family is what I always pictured as a family to be, mm. and so getting to experience that with them, being there for a month and a half uh, in Canada this summer, just doing life with uh, a family who love each other, and they're getting together on Sundays for mm. uh, family dinners. They're spending time with each other throughout the week, going over to each other's houses and stuff. It's There's a desire in my heart to have that for my kids, mm. because that's what I always wanted, um, and I never really got to have that, and I want to provide that for my mm. kids, like Tylen was saying. I want them to enjoy family, because um, we're it's our first mandate as human beings, what God created us to f- multiply and, and fill the earth, and that mm. requires family, right? Mm. And and that's just something that's the desire of my heart to, to be a father and to have a, a loving home environment where they feel safe. And they, they have a good example with me and my wife and, and other families in the, the church community and stuff. And, and so, yeah, it wasn't until I, I, I met Courtney that I saw what family is and I, and I wanted it so much more, you know. Okay. Well, um, just one more question. And you, you've kind of been answering it with what, what you just said. But I, uh, I want to go ahead and ask it in case there's something else you want to add. But, but what has the Lord done in your heart uh, with, you know, ha- you know, having gone through this? You know, it, it's, um, we, we tend to concentrate and focus so much on, uh, on the, the, the hard, the bad, you know. But, but what, what, what's, what's the Lord done in your heart that's, 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 encouraged, that's been an encouragement to you in, having gone through something like this All right, and going through it? I think ultimately that he's opened my eyes that, you know, divorce is sin and there's, it's robbing, robbing life in a sense. Uh, it's stealing something. Uh, ultimately that is a result. Divorce is a result of, of sin. And I hope this is making, I'm still trying to formulate this in my mind, but divorce is a, is a result of sin. And, and there's a lot of negative things that come with that. And so uh, what's been encouraging for me and when Courtney and I, I mean, we're, we have fights, we're, we really? Do, we have disagree. I know how <laughs> odd that is. Uh, we we have disagreements and just staying. And they don't get to the point where divorce would would come into our mind. But just seeing uh, as the Lord has remained faithful to me and, and Courtney and 
and Tylen and, and Rain and in just our own personal relationship with the Lord as he has remained faithful to us when, when we fall short. Um, it, it's been encouraging for me to see like there, there can be so much, so much more life can come from when we stay faithful to one another. We don't take the easy route out. Um, and I don't want this to sound like we ever got in a fight where that's been a thought or an idea. And this isn't even really making sense to me anymore. So this might be one of those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I think there's so much like marriage is meant for, for life. Um, and a divorce would rob the marriage of that. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I feel like I'm able to see the beauty of marriage in a different way. Um, mm. I think, I mean, even going into marriage, I expected it to be completely different. I did not expect it to be as wonderful as it is. Mm. <laughs> and I knew the Lord, right? Like, and I had mm. seen marriages, but I still. I expected it to be hard and I expected it to be um I don't know just a lot more difficult and more of a battle that I had to face on my own and you know there were times where I don't know I expected my husband to like respond a certain way um because that's how I thought that a husband responds and he of course didn't, you know? And so, um, yeah, you're just able to see the Lord in it in a completely different way. And you see the Lord's like design for marriage and how beautiful it is. And it's just completely different than what I expected it to okay. be. So good. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of them. I think both of what they said was just really good. And I think, you know, the three of us here are really blessed to have these people, um, like you and Arlene and the Mansmans and um, Keaton's in-laws. I know them as well. And at our church, you know, there's a lot of just amazing marriages and couples that we can look to um, and, you know, get wisdom from. And that will just continually point us back to Christ, not try and, you know, stoke a fire or point out how you were right or that person was wrong or, but just pointing you to Christ and your need of him. And just from remembering that in all aspects, even like I'm, I won't get divorced, you know, and I'm, I hope I have a better environment for my kids one day, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. You know, I, we'll both be there, but it doesn't mean I will always do things right. But knowing that the Lord is sufficient mm. and that he can, you know, ultimately use it for his good. Mm. And even, you know, I I like to think that my parents going through that, I can, I can gain wisdom from it. Um, and doesn't mean that I'm going to be a way better parent than they were or a way better, but it means that Christ is sufficient. If I'm continually going to him, you know, hopefully the, the times when I make mistake or you guys make mistakes or any of us, the Lord, you know, has them forget that and, and has us continually pointing our kids and our spouses and to Christ um, and, and that being the focus. But like, you can see the value in it now, like even Christ dying. Nobody thought that was a good thing that happened then, but so much good, can come out of it. The Lord can even take something so terrible and sinful 
you know, and use it for good, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even like my dad, you know, he's remarried now. I think it was a sin, but my stepmom is a literal angel. You know what I mean? And my dad is, he's just a totally different person than he was. Not even just because of her, but just because of his relationship with the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. um, not that they were supposed to get divorced or those things were supposed to happen, but out of that, it's drawn him to the Lord, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're not saying this is the this is the recipe for having a better marriage. No, but you're saying that the Lord can take the, something like that with people who desire Him yeah. and, and bring something good out of it. Exactly, yeah. and we can learn from our own mistakes, even if it is in our marriage, the way we talk to our spouse, or though you know, the Lord can use those things. I think, especially if we're continually going to Him and going before Him, and so just for somebody that has maybe gone through a divorce and, you know, now the other person's married or a kid, you know, the Lord can use it for good. Um, We just need to continually go before him. And, um, you know, like I said, like Christ dying on a cross, all the disciples thought it was a bad thing, even though he told Mm -hmm. them it was going to happen. And I'm sure I would have thought the same thing. And now we can see the good that came out of that, the life that came out of, like Keaton said, a marriage brings life. Um, and so just seeing that, you know, I, I, I think not necessarily, but I think my, my convictions are stronger because of what I went through. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so in that aspect, it's a, it's a good thing. Okay. Um, all right. Good. I think we were saying that the, the Lord can use it for good. And all three of us had this negative experience in our life and the Lord has used it for good to change our views on that and show opening our eyes to, the purpose of marriage um, and his desire for it, um, and so yeah, he's able to he's been able to use that bad thing for good in our lives and the, the future of our children and hopefully grandchildren and, and the children after that. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. huge because I think we, I've talked about it recently. But Kelly, you, we did one podcast about it where your your dad passed away recently, and you know he was very clear with you guys of pointing you to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you guys doing that the same thing with your kids and and your brother Paul and his kids where all their grandkids are believers. And it's like, there's nothing much cooler than that. Mm. You know, who cares about passing money or passing whatever, but Mm. having a Mm. legacy of believers and, you know, and you Mm. see families that there is divorce. And like, like I was saying of the, the guy that I know where they're afraid then and they don't do it and they don't have kids or they do, but it's, you know, or you can take that and go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and turn this around and, and start using this for good and creating my own legacy. And there's only so much you, you know, can do, but just continually trusting the Lord. Amen. Okay, uh, well, uh, I've asked your permission for this, so I'm going to go ahead and, and let you do it. Uh, go ahead and give people your contact information, maybe your email or however you want them to contact you. If anybody would like to talk with you, you know, directly about this, maybe they're going through something and would just like to pick your mind on it or just ask you to pray for them, maybe. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I'm awful with email, so my phone number <laughs> is uh, 830-370-7926. Okay, and that was, oh, and that was that Keaton. That was Keaton, sorry, yeah, <laughs> text. Uh, and uh, this is Tylan. My email is Tylan, T-Y-L-A-N dot postma, P-O-S-T-M-A at gmail.com. My name is Rain and uh, my phone number is 916-316-3000. Okay. Thank you guys. I appreciate this very much. You know, it's not, uh, 
it, it's not something that's really easy or comfortable to talk about in a public way like like you're doing now. And I appreciate you being vulnerable. Appreciate you also wanting to give encouragement in it and and to give testimony to what Christ has done in your life with this and um, and His sufficiency. And it brings us back to what we always want to encourage people with in our podcast is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because only there do we find our identity, do we find our hope, do we find our rest, not in something, but in someone, in, in Christ himself. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks thank, for you. thank you for listening to this week's episode of the His Hill podcast featuring local alumni, Tylen Postma, Rain Mansman, and Keaton Petty. If the topic discussed today has been a part of your life, we hope that the testimonies of these three were able to encourage you and remind you that God does not do things halfway and that there is healing found with and in Him. We are ecstatic to be kicking off the 2022-2023 school year soon. Our second year students are scheduled to arrive this coming Wednesday, followed by the first years arriving the week after. Please be praying for the incoming students that they are kept safe while traveling, shielded from doubt, and encouraged at heart for what lies ahead. Any incoming students who are listening now, please know that we are so excited to welcome you here to the Hilltop soon. Once again, you've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Tylen Postma, Rain Mansman, and Keaton Petty. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.